Scranton Danny here on 106.7 The Fan. We're simulcasted on our sister station, the Team 980, and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app, as you can tell by the intro music and the voice. Youngest in charge, Ruben Linnell Willingham, sitting in for Grant Danny here on this President's Day. In about 25 minutes or so, our pal Mark Schofield of SB Nation get ready to join the program to talk all things quarterback coming up here in the 2024 NFL Draft. We know the Washington Commanders have franchise-altering decisions to make between now and the start of training camp in August. The biggest one of them all is what will they end up doing at the quarterback position? If you've been listening to me all offseason, you know that I feel like I have a little bit of a different mentality with all of this. I really do. I understand what this franchise has went through the past 20-plus years, the entirety of my life. We've probably been a laughingstock for the most part. The Daniel Snyder era was horrendous, and it was all littered around their inability to find a long-term answer at quarterback. So knowing how important that is for the success of the franchise, knowing how long this organization's been starved for an answer there, I'm not willing to turn my nose up at any scenario this offseason when it comes to quarterback. And when I say any, I mean any. Because at this point, and bougie. Going deep in the vocabulary, and bougie. All offseason, we cried and moaned, wanting the proper organizational structure that other winning organizations have, where the GM, the head coach, and the owner are all on the same page. We begged for that this offseason, and we finally got it. So my thing is this, well, as fans, right, we're all going to have our preference. We're all going to have which way we want them to go. No matter what the decision ultimately is, and you can agree with me or not, we're at the mercy of the evaluator. That's, that's it. It's where we are at this point. If you don't like it, go root for Baltimore. If you were listening yesterday, I told you what it would take for me to go root for Baltimore. I'm not, I'm not with J.J. McCarthy. That, that's the one That's the one option and the one route they could go this offseason at quarterback or I'd be ticked off for about 48 hours. What if they traded up to get him? You want to finish? <laughs> I'm about to say, man, I'd be beside myself. But it would only be temporary because guess what? We're at the mercy of the evaluator. This is what we wanted. This is what we wanted. This organizational setup. This organizational setup makes it possible for you to go out and build yourselves into a perennial championship contender. That's the goal here. Let's not lose sight of that. Because while we have our flavor of the week at quarterback, whether you like Daniels or May or Caleb Williams, at the end of the day, somebody's got to be under center this, this season for Washington. And I'll be rooting for whoever's under center because I trust what Adam Peters and company have to offer. I trust the vision. I trust the plan. And as I keep talking about with taking a quarterback in the top five, number two overall in particular, you have to have a universal, unwavering conviction that that guy is going to be him for you. It can't be a situation like it was in Carolina last year where some of the scouts wanted uh, C.J. Stroud, but then David Tepper came in and said, ah, we want Bryce Young. Aren't we glad we're not the Panthers? And it's super relevant because I think you can draw a lot of parallels between the Panthers last year in the draft process and Washington. 
Now, obviously, if Carolina had the number two pick, they wouldn't have traded the farm to go to one. But we've had a David Tepper here before. We know what it looks like when the scouts do their work for six months out of the year, and then ownership comes in and said, nah, bro, despite what you did, I want this guy. And they have every right to do that. It's their team. They're the ones that spent billions on it. I get it. That's not the way successful organizations do things. Knowing all of the options Washington has at quarterback, knowing the different avenues they can end up going down, there's not one that would make me go, man, forget Adam Peters. Man, forget Dan Quinn. There's really no decision they can make this offseason that would have me feeling that way. Because I understand we're at the mercy of the evaluator. Who knows more about quarterbacks? Me, you, or Adam Peters? You see what I'm saying here? And based on the track record of Adam Peters, I would really, really not be pigeonholing myself into one or two different scenarios. Because we've seen him do it a litany of different ways. Last year, we saw one way you could possibly do it. Panthers and Texans, both were in position to take a young signal caller with the thought, with the hope, that they'd carry their franchise to the promised land. We saw how the rookie campaign went for Bryce Young in Carolina. It was rough. It was on his butt a lot. We saw how the rookie campaign went for C.J. Stroud. Completely exceeded expectations. He took a dormant Texans team and made them a contender in the AFC. But on draft night, Carolina thought that was possible. They thought Bryce Young would do that for them. I say all that to say it's a 110% crapshoot. I mean, did they or did the owner? Well, it's a different is conversation. Is there a plural in this or is <laughs> it's, a, it's a different conversation? But last year, quarterbacks go one and two overall, and they have drastically different results. Washington, one of the many options they have at quarterback is to stay put at two and take a quarterback. If Washington decides to stay put at two and make that decision, what is more likely for the franchise next year? Them ending up like the 2023 Panthers or the 2023 Houston Texans? 1-800-636-1067 is the number. Let's go to Tony and Annandale. What's going on? Tony. Hey, sorry. Was listening good, to the radio. How you doing? I'm good. I've been listening. I mean, I really hope we trade down. We should be able, with our package of picks, get the top left offensive tackle and one of the best tight ends. If anybody knows if Caleb Williams is worthy of trading up or staying pat, it'd be Cliff Kingsbury. For sure. So it's good. To, it's good we got a general manager, and he's got Cliff Kingsbury, who has direct experience, has NFL experience. Honestly, I think that the offensive line is so weak and we're missing a you know stud tight end. doesn't matter who you plug in there. So I think it would be more like Bryce Young and the Panthers. Wow. You don't, but, you know, Tony, you don't think, and I, I appreciate what you're saying, but I, I look at it this way. Whether they stay at two, whether they trade back up into the first round, whether they trade up for Caleb. If you look at all the QB needy teams on the market right now, you, you don't think that Washington is in the best position to have a rookie quarterback hit the ground running? When you think about the rock star coaching staff that they've put together, when you think about no, the weapons they have on the perimeter? No, because they don't have the horses up front. Their offensive line is the worst. I hear you. 
I mean, so anyways, I, I think with we have free we have tons of um, salary cap money. I think with our bevy of picks, we should be able to get again a left offensive tackle, a top tight end. Then we spend money on offensive line. Let's give Sam Howe a second chance with Cliff Kingsbury, <laughs> uh, Coach Quinn. <laughs> let, let's let, he didn't play the full deck this year. Mm. Why not give him one more chance? And That's if we bomb, then then we try to go for the high draft pick because Sam Howe's contract expires this year, right? This is the third year. He's got one more. Got one more year on the yeah. contract. Tony, I appreciate the call as always, man. I, that's interesting. It tapped in overtime yesterday from 12 to 3 here on the fan. Hot and heavy into Sam Howell conversation. If you stick around in the program, top of the 5 o'clock hour, we'll revisit that Sam Howell conversation that Tony just alluded to. But I, I'm not willing to shoot anything down, including a little teaser for you, Sam Howell potentially getting to compete. Because guess what? We're at the mercy of the evaluator. This isn't a one-size-fits-all situation at the quarterback position for Washington. There is a litany of different ways that you can construct a championship organization, that you can construct a a sustained winner. Doesn't always have to be with taking a quarterback in the top five. But I'm not going to be against that (laughs) if they choose to do it either. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. You can tweet at me as well. It's at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. We know the big time decision the commanders have to make a quarterback this offseason. Let's speak and think under the lens of them taking a quarterback at two overall, whether it's Drake May, whether it's Jaden Daniels, whether Caleb falls to two. What's more likely for DC? We saw QBs go one and two last year with Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. Drastically different outcomes for those two teams. If Washington decides to go QB at number two overall, what is more likely them ending up like last year's Panthers or last year's Texans. Let's go to Charles in Capitol Heights. What's going on, Charles? What's going on, Al Boogie? Good. It was good meeting you a couple weeks ago. Yes, sir. Um, um, I'm more um, – I think we'll be more like uh, Houston. Um, one thing I think about Cliff Kingsbury, I think he might be tired of short quarterbacks because he had <laughs> Murray, yeah. then he had – but. I, Either with Drake May or or Daniels, I prefer Daniels. Um, you got two quarterbacks, both of them over six six three. Yep. And that's the one difference everybody keep trying to compare. Uh, uh, dude out in uh, come on, man. USC. Yeah. No, you dude out in USC. I can't Taylor, get his name Taylor off Woods. my tongue Taylor, right now. Taylor Woods. <laughs> yeah. To to uh, Mahomes, Mahomes six four. You you well, two totally different things. That's why I think the com- I, think, I think the combine next week is going to be huge for all of these guys because the measurables, the hand size, all that stuff matters, man. But you hope you hope they participate. That's the, for sure. That's the whole drill. You don't know who's going to participate on what drill. And by the I way, mean, Pat, Pat Mahomes, Pat Mahomes only six two. So he's he's, he's very was, similar in stature. He's similar in stature, I'd say, to, to to Caleb. I'd say that. But the thing is, if the draft, yeah, the uh, combine next week, but what everybody need to be waiting for with these top three is the pro day. Yeah. And and because you know they're going to play that. For sure. And, and perform and do the, do what they got to do. So, but yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm shooting Daniels and uh, Texans. Hey, appreciate the call as always, Charles. It's interesting. I think. One of the 
previous callers and Chris mentioned it as well. One of the big differences to me why I don't think Washington will end up like Carolina and cats out of the bag, I think they're more like the Texans, is the ownership situation. All the reports that we got this summer, all the reports that we saw even leading up to the draft, allude to the idea of, look, maybe it was David Tepper that pulled the trigger on Bryce Young to Carolina. Depending on who you talk to, a lot of the scouts there in Carolina were on board for C.J. Stroud. But at the end of the day, and I said this yesterday here on, on, on the fan, well, yes, it's about fit. If you're him, you're him. I think C.J. Stroud was that elite of a prospect that he would have been able to survive amidst any circumstances. I think Caleb Williams has that same type of trait. I think no matter where Caleb lands, he'll be able to succeed. It may take him a little bit longer in a place like Chicago rather than Washington, but I think eventually he'll get over the hump because if you're him, you're him. Which why it makes getting the pick correct that much more important. And it's also why I'm willing to exhaust every option possible. Think about this. When they're going through grinding the tape, when they're going through having conversations with scouts and school officials and things of that nature, after they gather all the data, there must be a universal conviction about the guy that they want, or else I wouldn't pull the trigger on a quarterback at number two. I wouldn't trade up for Caleb Williams. There must be universal conviction that the guy that they end up choosing is going to be him. That's why this structure was so important. That's why it was so crucial for the GM, ownership, and the head coach to all be on the same page. Continue to take your calls. 1-800-636-1067 is the number on the MGM National Harbor List in the line. You can tweet at me as well. It's at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. When we come back, we'll re-rack the audio from Colin Cowherd, who had a bold proclamation about what the commanders will be in 2024. And then we'll take your calls and continue to answer this question. We saw quarterbacks go one and two overall last year in the NFL draft. C.J. Stroud to Houston, Bryce Young to Carolina. Completely drastic, differently results between those two dudes and those two franchises. What's more likely for the 2024 commanders if they decide to take a young signal caller at number two overall? them ending up like last year's Panthers or last year's Texans. We'll take your calls on that next here on The Fan. 1-800-636-1067 is the number on the MGM National Harbor Lister lines. You can tweet at me as well. It's at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. It's the youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham, sitting in for Grant and Danny here on this President's Day and talking all things burgundy and gold quarterback, man. A massive offseason awaits us here in Washington. It's actually already gotten underway. Said it at the top of the show, just 66 days away from night one of the NFL draft. A night in which we may get an answer as to who is going to be the long-term answer here at quarterback for the Washington Commanders. And Chris, you gave me a good note during the break. Different audience here this afternoon. When I speak about this franchise, this organization being a complete laughingstock since... The origin of my existence, 1997. Youngest in charge, we were 26 years old. 
We're doing it. But I'm not speaking in hyperbole when I say that. All my life growing up, I was told, well, you're a Redskins fan, buddy. Probably not going to be, probably not going to be fun times for you growing up. Got picked on in the lunchroom in the cafeteria. Got Eagles friends. I got Cowboy friends. I got Giant friends. I was always looked at as a big loser. And whenever I'd ask my aunt, my aunt and uncle, like, why, why are we so bad? Why, why, why is this the team? Why is this the team that I root for one? And then why, why is the team so bad? The answer to the second question, Daniel Snyder. So the past 12 to 18 months, the way things have played out for this organization, I got to pinch myself some days when I wake up, man. I didn't realistically think this was possible. So shout out Jim Irsay, man, (laughs) for really spearheading all of this and getting this in rotation. But obviously, Josh Harris takes over earlier this summer, and he got to work right away trying to improve the fan experience at FedEx. They sold out every home game this year at FedEx for what it's worth. Now it's time to get to work on the product on the field. Now it's time to worry about the football operation. Like I said at the top of the show, all the... Bun kissing is over with. It's time for Adam Peters and company to roll up their sleeves and get to work. And the first major decision that they're going to have to make is that quarterback. And as I continue to say, there's so many different avenues they could go down. There's so many different options that they can exhaust. All of which could get them back to where we want them at, the promised land. All of which can get them back to being a perennial postseason contender. That's what we all seek. That's what we all crave. That's what we all desire. Mentioned it earlier, though. It's crazy season. You're going to hear a bunch of, you're going to hear a bunch of different takes. You're going to hear a bunch of different opinions, some of which may seem off base, some of which may seem out there. Just like our pal Colin Cowherd, man, of FS1. He had this to say about his expectations for this year's commanders. All right, let's go to the NFC. I have two new playoff teams. Commanders win their division. Why commanders? 75 million in cap space. Love Dan Quinn and Cliff Kingsbury as a staff. I think the Eagles and the Cowboys, because of age and drama, are vulnerable. I think the commanders, we have a surprise team every year in the league. I think they get Drake May. I think Drake May's like Justin Herbert as a comp. Played in a simple college offense and will be better than people think immediately. Herbert was, C.J. Stroud was. I think Drake May is that guy this year. What Colin said is going to sound far-fetched to a lot of you out there. I understand it. But his premise is centered around Washington taking a young quarterback number two overall and then entering this organization and having that C.J. Stroud effect. But as we saw last year and as we've seen over history, it's a crapshoot picking a quarterback in the top five of the NFL. It's a crapshoot trying to find a long-term answer through the draft at quarterback. We've seen it time and time again. But as I always say with the young signal callers, it's about fit. Last year, I don't think it was much about fit. I think it was about the Panthers probably choosing the wrong quarterback with Bryce Young. Moving forward, though, if you're Houston, C.J. Stroud's in the fold. You got $60-plus million in cap space this summer. 
They look like a franchise that after just one offseason, after just one draft, they look like a franchise that's going to be a perennial contender in the AFC for years to come. C.J. Stroud looks like he's well on his way to being an MVP candidate year in and year out. That's the reward that you get for striking gold and making the proper selection at quarterback in the first round. You could also be like the Carolina Panthers, which we've talked about at nauseum here to this point. Carolina did everything right. They got the offensive-minded coach that you all covet in Frank Reich. They build out the coaching staff with a hotshot offensive coordinator candidate in Thomas Brown. They brought in veteran Jim Caldwell. Their defense was already a top 10 unit from the year before, yet Bryce Young failed. Which scenario will be Washington's ultimately ended up working out? Like we continue to say, if you're going to take a quarterback number two overall, if that's the route you're going to choose to go, there must be a universal conviction within your building that he's the guy. You can't have ownership coming in at the last minute and giving a big middle finger to the work that the scouts have done the past six months. You can't pull a David Tepper. You can't pull a, dare I say it, Daniel Snyder. You just can't do that. Good organizations don't function that way. And that's why ultimately Carolina is in the position they're in moving forward. But with quarterbacks going one and two last year overall, and both of these two young cats, tremendous college players, They had drastically different results at the NFL level. When you take all that into consideration, what's more likely? The 2024 Commanders ending up like last year's Panthers or last year's Texans? Let's go to Dave in Woodbridge. What's going on, Dave? Hey, Lennon. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. How you doing? All right. So I'm I'm leaning a little more towards the Texans side just because I'm very optimistic with this new ownership group with the GM and coaches we've seen. Um, <laughs> I, the one thing I don't want is them to trade up. I don't want to give up multiple picks to move up one spot. Dave, can I ask you this, um, buddy? Yeah. Why Why don't you want to trade up? Because I'll be honest with you, and I'll, I'm telling the world as I'm telling you, I want to do whatever Adam Peters and company want to do, but if I had a preference, it'd be to trade up and get Caleb Williams. Why would you be against that? Because I can, I feel like between all the picks they have and all the cap space, they can fill out a roster. Um, one that can that could win now. Um, but I, I'm with you. I'm I'm believing in our GM. He might be our next Bobby Beathard. He could be. You know that that's what I'm praying. Not Charlie Casserly. Charlie Casserly <laughs> made some really bad moves when we we were here. And but you know once they start meeting with these quarterbacks. Which one of these quarterbacks has the better character? I mm. I want character as well as athletic ability. Um, you know, if, if they trade it down, I'm with you. No, no, J.J. McCarthy. Boy, you know, that'd be, ma- that'd that, be that's tough. The nightmare scenario. <laughs> yeah, no, Nick's Bo Nick's. I'm I'm okay. Yep. Michael Pett. I'm a little concerned with injury history, and unless you get a mean later, but. Who's to say they might not go after Kirk Cousins and then maybe you trade down? Dave, you're getting hot and spicy. I'll let you go. I appreciate the call as always. That'll get people fired up. But like I said, speaking in 
the vein of, of, of hypotheticals, if they choose to go the veteran quarterback route, I ain't mad at them. Whatever they want to do, I'm on board for it. We're at the mercy of the evaluator. Take a shot, people. Come on. I'll tell you, I would be mad if they trade up. I would not be pleased. But this is my thing about the, the, the idea of trading up for a young signal caller. It, there's no price too rich for a franchise-altering talent at quarterback. If Caleb comes here and does what we expect him to do, which is take this group to the promised land, we won't, we won't care about the extra first-round pick that we had to give up. We won't care about pick number 36 that we had to part ways with. You do whatever you can to get your hands on your number one quarterback prospect. That would be my only rule of thumb for this front office during this offseason. If you go out and you watch the tape and you have the meetings at the combine and you come away gushing and drooling over Caleb Williams, you do whatever it takes to go get him. Because guess what? You can stay put at two and have the rest of your draft capital and have pick number 36 and have pick 40 or whatever it is. But if you pick the wrong quarterback, none of that matters. None of that matters. If you, after your evaluation process, come to the conclusion, universally, I might add, it's got to be everyone in the building having this consensus, that Caleb's the guy, you go get him. There ain't no and ifs or buts about it. I'll tell you why not, though. There is a but about it, man. If if it just even if he is great, he's one injury away from just throwing your team down the drain for years when you do that kind of stuff. And I've seen it happen to this team for so long, and I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. I don't want to have that kind of risk on one person's hamstring. I'm tired of that. I get it. I get it. Let's go to let's go to Edward out in Connecticut. What's going on, Ed? Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, look, Linnell, I um. I know earlier you said something about you feel like right now the position where Washington is or in that Carolina, you know, Panthers position right now with the draft. I don't think so. I actually think that if I'm not, you know, I'm going to throw this scenario out there. Mm -hmm. Then this is a scenario of them trading back and not giving up, but getting more actually, right? So I think that there's a scenario where the Patriots want a quarterback. They trade up one spot. The Washington Commanders move back one spot, but they acquire draft capital this year and next year. So I think there was like a little simulator I did, and it offered me. You, of course, you move back, you get the Patriots number three pick, but then you get their second and third round pick this year. Which actually, you think about it, if you did that and you pulled the trigger on that, you say, "Look, you want Drake May? Okay, go get Drake May. We really want Jaden Daniels, right?" Right. So then you now have seven picks in the first three rounds, and now you can actually add additional players this year and then take the 75 or $80 million in salary cap you have and continue to add. This is why I think that they're more so in that Houston range than they are in the Panthers range because they can do, like you said, you guys are right, they can do so many different, so many things, different things that they can ultimately go from, and you know what, Colin may be right, although they always have crapped on Washington, might be so with Ben Snyder as an owner. But now they're starting to build confidence themselves. They can't even crap on us anymore because we have competent coaches in the building. Yep. We have a competent general manager, and we just hired the Lions, I think it was a scout person or something like that, as our assistant general manager. We have people in this building now that have built other teams to be successful. 
So now you gotta just we just gotta believe in what they do. Yeah. If they go up and get Caleb, I don't want to trade up. I'm with your your other guy there on the show with you. I don't like to trade up simply because, and I think what he was referencing is, if you look at the RG three scenario, we traded up to get Edward, him. Edward, and I appreciate the call. We we can't keep bringing up RG three as to why we don't want to trade up for Caleb Williams. Are, you, are we kidding? Is that really the avenue we're going down here? Do I need to drop the line that I said earlier? Put it in, put, put yourselves, and some of you I know are way older than others. Go back 20, 30 years. Put yourself in high school. If the first female you went smack at curved you, would you never going to try to talk to another female again? You kidding me? It's not the way life works, baby. If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Cunningham, out in Silver Spring. What's going on? You know, I'm listening to this, and I'm starting to get a headache, man. Um, I, I'm I'm with, I believe his name was Tony or Timothy in a previous segment, as well as the last caller you just took saying trade back and get draft capital. You keep talking about Kayla Williams and taking you to the promised land. I, 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 what what guarantee, what, what not even going to say guarantee, what reason do you have to believe that Kayla Williams can take you to the promised land? Why do you believe that? Do you need to be drug tested or something? Are you are you on that live right now? Let me let me introduce you to uh, a Doc Walker version of uh, advanced statistics. It's a stat called none of them. Okay, now work with me here. Mm-hmm. Taylor Williams played five ranked teams last year. You know many how many of them he beat? How many? None of them. He played three seasons in college. You know how many times he made appearances in the college football playoff? None of them. So when you ask me which of these quarterbacks do I look at and say, put them in the current environment with the current team, with the people that's available behind what we think they can make of the current offensive line with rudimentary changes, which ones of them do I think can make you more like Houston and more like than less like Carolina? None of them. Mm. You are not a quarterback away. You are not the difference between Sam Howell with an additional year of development and whoever you pick. What's the gap there? What, what is the him, gap? This, this is the thing. I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying, right? But you don't know if you're a quarterback away because you don't know how good the quarterback will be once you get here. Look at what Houston was last offseason. I One of the know worst how good Caleb football. Williams was. With the hot shot, the everybody wants him offensive genius. Cut him down, cut him down, cut him down. It was one of the worst offensive lines in football last year. They were a two-win team the year prior. If you get quarterback right, you can 100% completely change the fortunes of your franchise. Look at what the hell the Cincinnati Bengals were prior to Joe Burrow. Come on, Cunningham. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. Like I said, there's so many different ways Washington can address the quarterback position. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, I'll tell you which veteran out there that I'd be willing to go out on a limb and maybe trade for. It's next here on The Fan. Welcome back. It's Grant and Danny here on 1067 The Fan. We're simulcasted on our sister station, the Team 980, and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. You can tell by the music. Youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham, sitting in for Grant Dady here on this President's Day. Phone line's packed right now. You can tweet at me as well, though. It's at N-E-L-L underscore B-T-P. Get in on the conversation, man. Between now 
in April, 66 days away. We got plenty of time to flip back and forth between the bevy of different options that Washington ultimately has at the quarterback position. I've been saying it all show long. I've been saying it all offseason. There's not one particular move that Washington can make this offseason at quarterback that I would be willing to turn my nose up at, that I would be upset long-term for. Pick up your glasses, people, only if you're at home. We're at the mercy of the evaluator. Throw that thing back. Fair trade compensation then for that's That's where we're at right now. We're at the mercy of the evaluator. There's so many different ways this team could go. He could stay at two and select a quarterback. He could trade up to one and select a quarterback. He could trade back from two and select a quarterback. You get where I'm going with this. There are veteran routes that you could ultimately exhaust. But at the end of the day, no matter what they do, I think as fans, they'd be pretty bougie and pretty ignorant of us to turn our nose up at a decision that Adam Peters makes. Because guess what? Was it three, four weeks ago? While the hiring process was going on for the general manager, we were all up here championing for Adam Peters. That's the guy we all wanted. Finally, an elite talent evaluator chose us. And with AP here in place, and with Dan Quinn in here as the head coach, we finally had that organizational structure that I've been craving for my entire lifetime. Youngest in charge movement. 26 years of age. I haven't seen the prosperity that some of you all out there have. And all the shortcomings that this team has had since I've been alive, all of it is rooted in their inability to find a long-term answer at quarterback. You have that opportunity this offseason. You do. But there's not one way that I think you can go about it. It's not a one-size-fits-all situation when it comes to addressing quarterback this offseason for Washington. It's a multitude of different ways they could go. Whichever way they ultimately, we got to be on board for it. We've talked about their options if they choose to go with a rookie quarterback, whether that's staying at number two, whether that's trading up to number one, or trading back into the first round. We've talked about that. I think that is realistic. No matter which avenue they decide to go down. There's also a scenario in which I could see Washington saying, you know what? Maybe we should look into the veteran quarterback market. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, we should use all of our draft capital to improve the rest of the roster. I'll tell you what, the evaluations are going on right now. I promise you, I guarantee it. Adam Peters and company are leaving no stone unturned. Because if anyone understands that it's not a one-size-fits-all situation at quarterback, it's our current general manager, Adam Peters, you think about the two championship rosters that he constructed in San Francisco. Both of them ultimately lost to Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs, right? But there's there's one commonality between the two of them. Two teams that were quarterbacked by non-first-round quarterbacks. You with me here? It was porn star Jimmy Garoppolo back in, what was it, 18 or 19? And then this past year, about a week and a half ago, it was Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant. So Adam Peters knows how to build and construct a roster without having that first-round quarterback. And if you continue to look across the landscape of the National Football League, there are multiple different ways 
you can turn yourself into a perennial contender. Doesn't always have to be taking a quarterback top five. It's a crapshoot. We've talked about it all offseason. Which is why, to me, they'd be crazy not to genuinely do their research and exhaust every option. What do you got to lose here? What do you got to lose here? Phone lines are packed. If you're trying to get in, keep calling. You can tweet at me as well. It's at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. We talked about Washington's options at quarterback through the draft. When we get back, I'll tell you the one veteran signal caller that I'd be pounding on the table to get here to D.C. That's next on The Fan. 